and threatened for Sunday. Despite this, WKFI's Ken Wu reports from Los Angeles that police security will still be stepped up. Police and FBI agents say they will be out in full force, backed up by a special task force that was rounded up for the weekend search for any more possible leads in the bomb threat. Why the call was made Saturday to postpone the Sunday blast is not exactly clear. One Herald Examiner spokesman offered this observation. Recent publicity had allowed them to uh, hold back a little bit. We want to see what's been, uh, being done for the alien cause. A man who's been identified as Isaac Racine had wanted two former Los Angeles police officers charged with the shooting deaths of two Mexican nationals in 1970 as a condition for the location of the latest bomb. Wu also reports authorities won't comment whether they have any leads on possible bomb sites. More news after this. Telegram says the offices of at least 19 congressmen and one senator practiced discriminatory hiring in their Washington offices. Some of the congressmen named in that story deny the charge, calling it vicious and stupid. The New York Times reports that President Nixon has sealed off his pre-presidential papers from inspection until 1985. When the president first donated the papers to the National Archives, he said no one could look at them without his permission only as long as he was president. Fighting has broken out again on Cyprus despite a ceasefire. NBC's John Andrews reports from Beirut that Turkish forces are extending their control over the northern portion of that island. The ceasefire has held over most of the island, but at Piroi, 10 miles south of Nicosia, the Turkish army unleashed a day-long barrage of mortar fire. By the evening, the Greek Cypriots had fled the town, and the Turks entered Piroi. The Turks say they will be satisfied with the control of Cyprus north of the Attila line stretching from Lefka in the west through Nicosia to Famagusta in the east. Piroi is well to the south of this line. Apart from the action at Piroi, the ceasefire is held, except for sporadic shooting in Nicosia. State Department officials say they're recommending the U.S. take no action in the Cyprus crisis until the situation cools off. But Senator Henry Jackson says the Cyprus crisis is partially due to indecisive U.S. policies and he told President Ford the solution should not be dictated by military operations. You're listening to NBC News. I'd like to ask you a personal question. Radio News, Tina Mallory reporting there's been a major explosion in Los Angeles. Police say a blast jolted an industrial area of the city about four miles from Hollywood. Authorities say this explosion may have been the work of Isaac Raffin, the so-called alphabet bomber. An eyewitness, James Jordan, was standing on his back porch 15 miles away. First of all, it looked like a flash of lightning, followed by what you would see a fire. And then after that, you've seen another glow, like a, another thunderbolt, and immediately our whole neighborhood shook. It was like a sonic boom. 
Closer to the scene, a Los Angeles fireman describes the blast. 50 by 200 feet metal clad and metal frame building that was leveled. The, uh, all the buildings, about three commercials around it are involved in fire. One and a half to two blocks outside of that perimeter, all the windows have been blown out. Police have declared the situation a major emergency. Earlier, a man claiming to be the Alphabet Bomber telephoned a Los Angeles newspaper saying a bomb threatened for Sunday was canceled. Authorities have not yet positively linked this explosion to the Alphabet Bomber, the man who claimed responsibility for the August 6th explosion at Los Angeles Airport. More news after this. I refuse to think about To it. think about safety. Not wild horses, not torture. That's silly. No, no. You're not going to get me to think about safety. Oh, come on. No, sir. Just thinking about safety makes me nervous. Nervous. Right. I think about all those checklists and warnings. I break out in the hives. Look at this. Look at me now. Well, it's not that complicated. I perspire so much I have to wear galoshes. Just take it easy. I don't even want to think about thinking about what do you mean, just take it easy? I mean, just cool it a little bit. Take time to be safe. You'll be all right. That's what you mean by thinking about safety? Yep. Well... That doesn't sound so bad. It's easy. Maybe that kind of thinking wouldn't hurt me. Try a little bit. All right. <clears throat> I'm taking it easy. I'm looking around. I'm being real cool, mm -hmm. checking things out there easy, you go. casual. You got it. Now, is that so bad? <laughs> this is great. Uh -huh. Look, no hives, nothing. Right. I love it. And I'm dry and safe. This is the way to think about safety, man. And if you don't like thinking about safety, think about where you'd be without it. Oh, wet and blotchy, probably. This was a public service message from the National Safety Council. Oh, yeah. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram says at least 19 congressmen and one senator have been discriminatory in the hiring of staff for their Washington offices. Some of the congressmen named in that story strongly deny the charge. President Ford says Nelson Rockefeller is still on his list of possible vice presidential choices. And NBC's Ron Nesson reports that the White House has also criticized the allegations against the former New York governor. A White House source says a group of right-wing extremists tried to pull a hoax on President Ford designed to discredit Nelson Rockefeller as a contender for the vice presidential nomination. The hoax was to tell the president's legal counsel that evidence in a bank vault showed Rockefeller helped finance disruptions at the 1972 Democratic Convention. The special Watergate prosecutor investigated and found the charges unfounded. Mr. Ford issued a statement saying he deplored the attempt to discredit Rockefeller. He said Rockefeller has been and remains under consideration for vice president. NBC News has learned the tipster is identified as Hamilton Long, a Philadelphia lawyer. You're listening to NBC News. You know, you can help a lot of boys be prepared by being a leader in scouting. I mean, scouting today is a lot more than you think. Be prepared. The New York Times reports that President Nixon wrote to General Services Administrator Arthur Sampson the same day he decided to resign, changing the status of his pre-presidential papers. In that letter, the former president said that the papers donated to the National Archives could not be inspected until after 1985 without his permission. Originally, Mr. Nixon said they'd only be restricted while he was president. Louisiana Senator Russell Long has won a strong vote of confidence in that state's Democratic primary. Early returns give Long a three-to-one margin for renomination. Sources say President Ford will attempt to end political infighting between his advisors 
and the holdovers from the Nixon administration by shuffling the structure of his White House staff. Final arrangements haven't yet been announced for the changes. The hour's lead story, a major explosion has rocked the downtown industrial area of Los Angeles. Authorities have not yet positively linked this with the so-called Los Angeles alphabet bomber. Tina Mallory, NBC News. come to play music for you for the weekend here on the Joe Martin Show, and it's a pleasure to have you along. Be here till 6 o'clock this morning, and of course the name of the game is Country Music. That's what we play, and we hope we can keep you company until about that time this morning. And the request line is open right now, and on the request line you can tell us what you'd like to hear, and we'll do our best between now and then to get it on for you. 
The request line is 265-7081. So if you'd like to do that, why don't you give us a call? And Loretta is on the phone. Good morning, Loretta. I say good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Jim. All right. She's, uh, she's on the phone. She really is. <laughs> so if you'd like to give us a call, let us know, and we'll sure try to get it on for you. We'll be getting along to the request here just shortly. So until we get along to request, we've got some goodies we think you'll like to listen to. And uh, this is Brenda Lee. And everybody's had the blues. Everybody's had the blues. That's Brenda Lee. All right, say, I know you fellas know a good thing when you hear it. You know, over the past weeks, we've been telling you to call the Frozen Food, uh, Frozen Food Express if you wanted in on the top dollar deal that they've been offering for over-the-road drivers and driver trainees. Uh, some of you that own your own rig and some of you driver's helpers have already given Bill Cash a call and made a deal. Well... Now the popping and going frozen food express. Oh, the girl. I've always been amazed at the way you like to give orders. What do you mean by that? Oh, now let's face it, girl. There's a little Captain Bly in you. Oh, Viv. I remember the time you bought that boat. 
Oh, boy, do I remember the time you bought that boat. Refrigerator, the bread's in the bread box. I'll and... find it. Well, now, Viv, listen. Don't worry, I'll find everything. What happened? I told you I'd find everything. I found a hole in the linoleum. like the female version of the man who came to dinner. <laughs> I told you to stop worrying about it. Viv, I'll tell you something. If I had my choice of anyone in the world to be in the bed next to mine, you're the one I'd want most to break her leg. <laughs> you know, I know you meant that as a compliment, but somehow it, it didn't come out that way. <laughs> oh, it didn't, did it? <laughs> I was trying to say the nicest thing possible to the nicest gal I know. Oh, Lucy. I know what you mean. And I feel exactly the same way about you. I'm glad you do. And even though we live on opposite sides of the country, I'll always feel very close to you. I feel the same way exactly. I guess it's because we've been through so much together. <laughs> through good times and bad. Through thick and thin. Through fire and water. <laughs> through McKinley and Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to get maudlin about it. Anyway, as I was saying before I broke my leg, I think it's time for lunch. Yeah, I'm hungry now, too. Oh, nurse! Where's our lunch? Hurry it up, please, nurse. Oh, what you got? What you got? What you got? May I have my, my salad? My sandwich? Ooh, my Because in a couple of months, you're going to be the best man at the wedding. Hey, no kid. I'm getting married! Hey, it's great! It's great! Oh, well, I think it is. Johnny told me a lot about you. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I put up 25 grand to get you out of the pokey. You didn't tell me anything on the phone about coming out here. That's my bear you're running out on. I'll show up for the trial, Johnny. Johnny, I gotta talk to you. Here, go ahead. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of personal. Uh, That's all right, honey. Come sit down. Sit down. Go ahead. Johnny, I think the boys are gunning for me. Why? I don't know. No, I swear I don't. They tried that night I called you. Right in the jail. I couldn't just sit there, Johnny. Well, why are the boys gunning for you, Smiley? Mind if I have a drink, Johnny? Maybe they think you'll sing. Would you, Smiley? You know me better than that, Johnny. What do you want me to do? Will you hide me, Johnny? Look, I know it's a lot to ask, but... Well, I didn't know anywhere else to go. You know, Smiley, when you dig a hole, you really dig it deep. Please, Johnny? Huh? Please? Okay, okay. You can stay on the ship. At least for a couple of days until I figure out what I can do with you. Hi, Johnny. Yeah. This guy's the greatest in the world. Don't you ever forget. Buddy. Come here. This is my friend. Take him down below and give him the best cabin we got. I'll talk to you later. Okay, Johnny. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, sure can sit up and bake. Honey, he's a great guy. Yes, so are you. Hello there. I want to get out there. Out where, the Amigo? I'm sorry, the last shuttle just took off. I have to come back tomorrow.
Hello, Johnny. A mess. What a surprise. Not a pleasant surprise, but a surprise. What can I do for you? You want to check okay? <laughs> well, Smiley Barris. Seen on board not over two hours ago. How do you know? I got a rat on my ship. One that talks to feds. Where's Smiley? I'll get to him before some of your other friends do. You know, that's what I like about you, Ness. You got a big heart. <laughs> Are you on their side? What's the matter with you? Smiley and I started out together. It was then. Now you got a big stake to protect. Look, Ness, I want to tell you something. I'm getting out of the business. On the level, on the level. Sure, right now I'm doing favors for a few friends back east. But in a couple of months, when I'm finished with my business here, no more favors. <laughs> Who do you think you can get out of? For a decipher situation. More than just a couple. Think he's bluffing? This doesn't bluff unless he's holding the cards. Do I stay with him? No. He came out here on Smiley's contract. And he's lying. I think it's two ways. Either he's already killed Smiley, or he had the contract and got rid of it. Gave it to somebody else, huh? Johnny Temple is the only one to talk to in town. Well, it's a lead. Let's follow it. It's better than hanging around the morgue for Smiley. <laughs> contract, and we don't think he does, it just leaves Johnny. That's a long way to travel on an if. That's right. Maybe Smiley's already dead. You love Johnny Templer, Miss Lauder? What? You love Johnny Templer, Miss Lauder? Very much. Now listen carefully. If Johnny kills Smiley Barris, we'll get him for it. We'll get him if we have to use every federal agent, every policeman in the country. When we get him, when, not if. He'll go straight to the gallows. made your point. Now, just for the sake of argument, if Johnny did have this contract and didn't carry it through, we both know what would happen to him. Now, that is a tough spot. He's got one out and only one. As if Johnny's got a good excuse why he can't kill Smiley. Such as? Such as Smiley being in the custody of the United States government. You want Johnny to show you where Smiley is? Well, at least he has a chance to get clear. And if he refuses? I'd cancel the wedding plans. 
reason a person to live. Let's hope she can. I was something that you built up in your mind out of a movie, huh? Get out, get out. Get out! Get out! place again. It's just the same, isn't it? Well, it? Must be at least ten years, huh? Never see it in the daytime. <laughs> Pretty dirty. Really gonna open it up again? Contract on me. Don't you, Johnny? Get out of here, Smiley. I can't. Smiley, will you walk out? 
can't run anymore. I'm tired, Johnny. Stroke it on freely. The heat of your body releases the scent. Subtle, sensitive, completely you. Because no fire is as exciting as the one within you, unless it's the one you light within him. Go ahead. Light it. Then curly furniture in the fire. I wish I could be optimistic, but uh, it's going to be very hot, continued very hot. As you can see, uh, reporting stations to the west of us are not quite as warm and also as usual down along the coast they're a little cooler because of sea breezes. Out in the extreme western part of the country we encounter some rainfall all the way up and down the California coast uh, all the way up into Washington, Oregon. There is a little bit of shower activity and uh, a lot of cloud just along the coast. Moving inland we come all the way into Montana and immediately become entangled in a system of uh, cool fronts that uh, look a little unusual anyway. Let's start with the one pushing down out of Canada. It's triggering a little activity in western Montana. Then a low pressure system in the southeastern part of the state trailing a cold front all the way down into Nevada. No precipitation associated with this front so far, but temperatures, as you can see, are a little cooler behind it. Here again, we have another cool front pushing down through the western lakes. And again, it is a little bit cooler behind that front, but not extremely. 90 in Chicago, 88 up in Minneapolis, St. Paul. The northeast is being fairly well protected by a high-pressure system, all except that area just north of a stationary front that stretches all the way from Kansas to the east coast. We have shower activity there. Very little or no shower activity in Texas. A very hot forecast for you after this message. It was one of the last summers when my best friends were the ones I fought the most. A date was the girl we met in the balcony. In everyone's life, there's a summer of 42, rated PG. 
Now showing for a limited engagement only. Check your local newspaper for a theater near you. At Montgomery, humidity is quite low, of course, with all this heat, 26%. Winds are southeasterly at 9, barometric pressure 29.93 and falling. Temperatures, Waco is recording 100 degrees right now. Temple, I don't know if this is a Chamber of Commerce figure or not, but it says 97 degrees, quite a bit cooler. Colleen, 98, Bryan College Station, cooler yet with a 93. And the forecast, it says hot, 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 and that's the truth. Low tonight will be in the upper 70s. The high tomorrow around 101 again. Winds will be southerly 7 to 15 miles an hour. And uh, I'm sorry for people who own convertibles. <laughs> a, a damp towel helps. Yeah, damp towel helps. All right. Incidentally, Central uh, District of California plans to serve the order on Nixon in San Clemente by tomorrow. A grand jury is investigating charges that Bibi Rebozo allegedly diverted campaign funds to pay for improvements on the home of former President Nixon and diamond earrings for Mrs. Nixon. Papers filed in U.S. District Court by Watergate prosecutors say at least $41,000 was spent. Details of these and other top national items on the Channel 6 News Watch at 10 tonight. Recapping tonight's top Texas story, Secretary of State Mark White says a check of campaign funds for George Bush shows no irregularities. A national magazine had charged that Bush's vice presidential chances were jeopardized because of such irregularities. A high of 103 today, maybe tomorrow too. Top story today in Major League Baseball, the Dodgers broke their losing streak. Next in sight, The Lucy Show. Join us at 10. This has been Newswatch at 6 with Jim Ham, Roy Ackland, and Chris Needham. Next scheduled Newswatch is at 10 o'clock tonight. Homemade ice cream is ready. Great, Dad. I'm ready for another cup of coffee. Mrs. Olson, first-time backpacker. Folgers Special Blend makes a difference. It is good. And Folgers is mountain grown, the richest tasting coffee. Here's your refill. Thanks. Ice cream's going fast. And so is the coffee. Smells great and tastes delicious. Taste Folgers mountain grown coffee. Anybody pays. That's my business. If you want a piece of it, you do the same. I didn't stick my head out. Why didn't you tell me what was happening? While making a run, on the run, or trying to control a downhill runaway, these two gypsy truckers experience a freewheeling, dangerously exciting run of the road. Bring it down easy. A gypsy trucker is a man with a dream. A minstrel. I'm Claude Aikens. Join me each week this fall for my new show, Moving On. We're part of the dazzling season in store for 74 here on Channel 6. KCEN TV, Channel 6, Temple Waco. <laughs> Lucy Joe. Starring Lucille Ball.
willing to work late every night if I knew you were going to take me to such a nice restaurant. <laughs> good evening. Oh, good evening, too, please. Oh, yeah. Down in your room, come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Oh. Welcome to the cabaret. <laughs> come sip the wine. Come hear the band. Horn start celebrating right this way, your table's waiting. No need for me. That profit of glow. Wipe all your smiles away. Life is a cabaret, my chum. So welcome to the cabin. Welcome to the cabin. Welcome to the Beautiful. We got a live one tonight. <laughs> it's awfully nice uh, for you to be here. Well, it's nice to be here. I, I, I just love coming Thank in you. here. It was nice of you to bring your dad, too. <laughs> hey, you might like this one. Love is funny, or it's sad, or it's quiet, or it's mad. It's a good thing, or it's bad. But beautiful. Beautiful to, to take a chance. And when you... Why don't, why don't we quit right there while we're ahead with that one? I say you are I wish they'd hurry with our table. Oh, why don't I'm having a fall? Fly me to the moon. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, Mr. Stanley, Mr. Stanley, pardon me, but do you know, is it true what they say about Dixie? Yeah, baby. Oh, would yeah. you play that? Is it true what they say about Dixie?
didn't know you were a famous songwriter. Look, that was 20 years ago. What happened? Oh, the whole scene has changed. My kind of music is out. Today, any kid that can lift a guitar and sing off key is making losers out of guys like me. Well, now, I'm going to make a winner out of you. You are a great talent. What you need is someone to straighten you out. What I need is a drink, lady. <laughs> well, what you're going to get is breakfast. Breakfast? On yeah. an empty stomach? <laughs> well, then do you good. Come on, eat your oatmeal. Oh. <laughs> hey, 
outgoing for a limited engagement only. Check your local newspaper for a theater near you. things you can do when two people want the same thing. One is to take turns. And that's a good one. Oh, by the way, there was a lady there that said to tell you that Bibi said hello. Who? Bibi. Bibi, huh? Uh-huh. Is that her name, Bibi? Well, um, Bibi was the nickname I had for her. It was uh, short for Blue Blood. Oh. She was one of those dames, you know, from a finishing school. She dug Rembrandt, Plato. She could read a French menu. She had a lot of class. She was a real thoroughbred. Yeah? She got a little misty-eyed when I mentioned your name. She did, huh? Uh-huh. She's better off. Thoroughbreds and mavericks don't mix. Hey, let's get off that soap opera kick. <laughs> I haven't thought of her in years. Okay, I, I want to hear your song. I told you it's not finished. Well, I want to hear what you have. All right, I got the first 15 bucks. Well, let me hear that. All right, you've got it. You were Boston. I was Vegas. I was by. You were lectured. I was movies. But I love you. You were Mozart. I was basic. You were afternoon tea. I was saloon. You were junior league. I was Dodgers. But I loved you. Morning, night, noon. You haven't thought about her in years, huh? <laughs> now you stick with that and finish it. I think Mr. Murray's gonna like that. Well, if he likes it enough to give me his advance, you know what I'm gonna do? What? Have our robe let out a little. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Bye. That was Mr. Murray's secretary. He left some time ago. He ought to be here any minute. Hey, Lucy. Yeah? I'm kind of jittery. You know what I think I need before he gets here? Now, Phil. Another bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> I need the lump. Boston. I was Vegas. 
Bill, I think you've got a big hit. Thank you. Do you like it, Dee? It's the loveliest song I've ever heard. Oh, I'm so happy. Well, now that you're so happy, would you mind doing something to make me happy, too? Anything, what? Give me back my pants. <laughs> Careless match, a cigarette. Oh. Making the best of a bad situation. Reckon I'd do the same if it was me. We're all just making the best of a bad situation. Just together, you and me.
swallowed hard and I heard somebody say, well, who are you? Oh, and there he stood in the door of that shack and his business hair was long and black and he was the biggest man I'd ever seen. When he spoke, his voice was low and deep, but he just didn't frighten me because somehow I just knew he wasn't me. He said, what you doing snooping around my place? And I saw a smile come across his face, so I smiled back and I told him who I was. He said, come on in and pull you up a chair. You might as well since you're already here. And he said, you can call me Joshua. Joshua, Joshua, what you doing living here on his own? Joshua, Joshua, ain't you got nobody to call your own? Dolly Parton. What a song.
he's going to prove that.
bits and pieces of an old love affair. That's uh, Charles Levi Walker. Charlie was on the show with us the other night, Friday night. All right. Hello. Uh, yes, is this the John Justice residence? Please that I was conned by a phone answerer. Oh, okay. Well, we don't want to leave a message. All right, we'll try the second one. Isn't that embarrassing? That's the second time in two weeks that I've ended up talking to a phone answerer because I thought it was the real person. All right. Um, try and get a hold of this guy who saw Flying Saucer. Going to Springfield, Ohio, for John Justice. I hope it's probably not the guy, right? The other guy's got the answer. Got the bucks. Quarter to one in Ohio. Hello. Uh, is this John Justice? Yep. This is WFAA Radio in Dallas, Texas, calling. In fact, uh, we're on the radio together in Dallas. My name is Ed Bush. And I'm looking for the John Justice that had reported some time ago a UFO sighting. I'm, sir, what? John Anthony's phone. Oh, and that's all? Yeah, well, they take notes and then he calls, I guess. I mean, he's that popular? Huh? He's, you mean he's that popular? Mm -hmm. have, have many people confused you for him? Oh, yeah. Did I wake you up? Uh, a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> well... Well, since I got you, have you ever seen a UFO, John? No. Never seen one? Hey. Would you like to? You could become famous. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know this other John Justice at all? No, I don't know him, but uh, he lives on North Jackson. Yeah, I got his number, and I got the answering service, and then I tried you. Because I thought, well, maybe the guy who saw a UFO wouldn't have an answering service. Oh, yeah, he's got everything. What kind of business is he in? He works out in the science home, and then he uh, has a land uh, You're mumbling, John. He works out where? At the, uh, the science home. Yeah. He's, he's got a landscaping business. Oh, I see. I don't know how big a business is. I don't even know. It probably is pretty big after he saw the UFO. Yeah. Now, you, do you believe that stuff, John? No. Now, do you believe in the possibility? that we're being visited from outer space though. Oh, but you don't think women piloting UFOs are real? Well, he really had a good picture of them, whatever he said. Oh, he had a picture? No, I mean, I've read it. He really described everything. I see. Yeah. Now, how old of a guy is he, do you know? About three months ago. No, I say, how old of a guy is he? I don't know, I think he's around 50, something like that. Huh. Seems a little old to be playing pranks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he saw that about two or three months ago. Yeah. Uh, you're just getting a hold of it now? Well, I had, actually, I carried the article around for a month, and I lost it. Oh, I and someone just called me tonight and reminded me about it. Well, this guy called from Birmingham, Alabama, you know, No kidding. Well, you see, it's still alive then, right? <laughs> well, John, why don't I let you go back to bed, and I apologize, and I'll scratch your number off the list, okay? Okay, good. Thank you. All right, good night. Okay, well, unfortunately, it looks like I'm going to have to call back and uh, leave a number. He's really a nice guy, huh? Waking him up in the middle of the night. Pretty neat. And we'll leave a message for the John Justice in Springfield, Ohio, that saw the UFO. All right?
Bong. Now rings it. Hello. Hi. This is Jeff Lansing. Yeah. Please leave name and telephone number, and your call will be returned as soon as possible. Your call is being taken by phone. Mm -hmm. So please. Phone makes big ad there. Personal message for John Justice from Ed Bush in Dallas, Texas. And this is a radio station, WFAA. And if you would, I'd like him to call me back uh, tomorrow evening between 8.30 and 9 o'clock uh, Ohio time. If you would please call. Can you hold on for just a minute? Oh, yes, ma'am. I heard the phone ring and I came downstairs and it scared me. Oh. Just a minute. Okay. Isn't that fun to be talking to a machine and get a person? That's neat. Oh, John's there? Here, I'm trying to leave a message and I get the real thing. Maybe you can't get Cypress, but get Springfield, Ohio. At least I can get some landscaping done. That's their company. I'm trying to talk to John Justice, who saw a UFO, he says, about three months ago, piloted by blonde women. I have dreams like that. I don't see them. I mean, well, I suppose I better not get into that, huh? Hello. Hello, John. Yeah. Hi, this is Ed Bush at WFAA Radio in Dallas, Texas. Thank you. And we're on the air together. I detected I woke you up. That's okay. I get up early. Oh, you do? I don't think you do only get up. Uh, uh, oh, I see. Okay. Well, any reason, I assume you know the reason I call, right? Yeah. Uh, for the UFO sighting you saw, and, and a number of people have seen the article and called me on the radio here and said, why don't you get a hold of John and find out what he saw. Did you really see a UFO with women in it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Now, uh, if we can do this slowly so we all can understand, how long ago did this happen, John? This happened in uh, January 28, 1974. Uh, possibly, it was possibly 15 in the morning, 19 in the morning. In Springfield, Ohio? Mm -hmm. Right. And what were you doing out at three o'clock in the morning, John? At night. Oh. I uh, I work at night. I have a business. My own business. The days I work at night. <laughs> I see. And uh, it's uh, I don't do that all the time. I just the winter time. It was cold that day, that mm. morning. Right. And uh, well, I got out at three o'clock, punched out. Right. What kind of work you do at night, John? Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a night supervisor at the Masonic Home. Uh, yeah. All right. So you got out at 3 in the morning? I uh, 3 in the morning, and I punched out and left the building. Yeah. And what did you see? And uh, when I came down the road, I, all of a sudden, my automobile, I got about, I guess, about 100 foot away from the parking lot, and my car stopped dead. I didn't know. I didn't know what the world was going on. Yeah, it sounds like my car, John. I don't see UFOs. Uh, pardon? I said it sounds like my car and I don't see UFOs. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And, uh, I sat there just a few minutes and I thought, well, what the world is this car? I knew it was nothing more. I knew it was clear to me when the lights outside and the inside lights were nothing. Right. Whatsoever. So all of a sudden, a big light lit up in front of me. And I saw, okay. 
So I said, okay. So I, I called the chef. And they didn't want no part of it. They wasn't very much interested in it. So I just went up and you and forgot about them. Yeah. So, uh, Did you ever go out to look to see if there's any evidence that a flying saucer had been there? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we went back out there. They sent uh, the me a man's newspaper. That's who they call next. Yeah. We went back out there and that's when we took the picture. But see, it wasn't, uh, it didn't land on the ground. It was only, it, it was about four foot off the ground, set uh, six foot out ahead of it. Oh, I see. It never touched the ground. It touched the ground. It just stood in midair. WFAA Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay, John, go ahead. And uh, so I called the news and son, Mr. Mr. Connors. He studies this thing. Yeah. So he came out on a Friday. And said, well, it was cold, and said he had to go over the car, and he'd come out right away, which he wished he had it, but he got, it, got out. He was well ahead of where he was off. Off was narrow. Yeah. He was used, and he called, and said he couldn't make it till Friday. Yeah. So he came out, and goes out there, and he takes the pictures, and gets uh, a lot of these questions that I, I'm telling you now. Right. Did they ever try and give you a lie detector test? No, no, no. They, uh, uh, some, uh, the fellow from, uh, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, wanted to uh, hypnotize. Right. I did not hear that, but I knew nothing about it. Yeah. But anyhow, he found that there was so much of electricity out here at the center of the power plant there. Right. That men missing at night. You mean? 500 cubic, also. Uh, you mean 500 kilowatts? 500 kilowatts has been missing. Huh. So, uh, the uh, high Edison claims they can't, can, can't place where it went to. There's been no sign of what it went to. Yeah. So that night, it, it had, uh, I guess it's going to take it. See, it was around the building all night long. I see. Because the fellow, the fellow that worked out there with me at the power, he worked in the power plant. Yeah. Not the power plant, but the boiler room. Yeah. And his, uh, thing that he carries around is a super, you know, a sort of a radio-like. You mean a walkie-talkie? Yeah, but they couldn't talk him when they want when they want him at the in different places. Right. Well, every time he come over to the hospital, he'd say, John, he'd say, uh, this thing is, don't want to work around here. I said, what's the matter with it? I said, there's nothing my news on the world. Yeah. And he came over there, I guess, five times that night. Huh, so apparently the flying saucer was causing radio interference. That's what it was doing. Huh. And he said, when I go back over, over to the border room, I think he's so tough. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know what to do with that. I don't think they would do it. He said he put a different set of batteries in that thing. Yeah, and that didn't do it. That didn't help him. Yeah. No one else saw the flying saucer, though? No. Uh, no, there was no one except when a lady told me, and I didn't know this until the day of the night. And this, some lady told me, a lady told her, that she saw one, but she can't remember whether it was, was the night or the night before or that same morning or what. Yeah, but around the same time. Around the same time, but I haven't got to talk with she's a resident out there. Now, how big was this uh, UFO, John? It was, uh, oh, it was about six, seven foot long, and I'd say maybe seven foot wide. And how many girls were in it? There were five of them. That's pretty... That's pretty cramped, isn't it? Oh, yes, it was, it was something. And, uh, 
That's what I told you as a son. I never, I was 50 years old. I've never seen nothing like this in my whole life. Now, did you ever believe in flying saucers before that? No, sir, I never did. Nope. I could talk of them, you know, when I was around 17, 18 years old with it, just when one year and I'd get it. Yeah. Never. Now you believe, huh? Yeah, yeah. I definitely believe it for somebody up there now. All right, John, I got I to run here and do the news, but thank you very much for talking with us. That's quite all right, sir. All right, good night. Good night. John Justice in Springfield, Ohio, saw a UFO with uh, five women, beautiful women, beautifully dressed, and uh, they all had uh, chairs that matched their outfits, plus the inside of the flying saucer had gold in it. I suppose if you're going to see one, that's a good one. Let's do this, and then we'll do the news. Occasional acid indigestion. Acid called the Jesse Polka, and uh, features uh, the River Road Boys. Eight minutes past 12 o'clock. Before he spoke, the president had to get through a crowd of demonstrators. Here's the way it looked to newsman Tom Gerald as Ford arrived at the hotel.
Okay, where are you going? Going to Houston. Lewis Thompson and John Smith. McKesson Simple uh, Drivers. Uh, you're from the Simple Deep Pro out of Arlington, right? McKesson Boys. They're on the way to Houston, Texas. 14 minutes past 12 o'clock. Play song for Jane. Let's see. Let's play one for Judy and Bean out in uh, Kingsville. I bet they might be listening to us tonight. Judy would like to hear a James Monroe song. I know that. Here's Jane. That's uh, James Monroe and uh, great tune. Little instrumental job. Called Tennessee Sunday. 16 minutes and 30 seconds past 12 o'clock. You're on the Bill Mack Open Road Show. Hey, fellas, if you're looking for good boots, don't forget the name of Conan. Yeah, but I think he's a good one. Yeah, okay, thanks. Right
742-5700, Ed Bush on an open line show. Hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> well, as you can tell, uh, pretty busy. Yes, you kind of surprised me. Sorry. Uh, my topic for this open line, and I noticed you tend to stay away from this, is politics. Well, not really. I mo the thing I mostly stay away from is religion. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, the Dallas city tax. Yeah. Uh, we are not on the air right now. No, we are on the air. That's a delay system. That's why you're not hearing it. Oh, okay. Well, the Dallas city tax, uh, taxation of people that commute back and forth to Dallas to work. Right. Um, it seems like that they could better run their affairs if they uh, tried developing their own city rather than trying to develop other cities. Uh, you can see they missed a million dollar... Uh, uh, what, federal grant? Yeah, retroactive uh, ordinance. Yeah. And that, by their own self-admission, they didn't read the ordinance. So if they're not willing to take care of their own affairs, how are they going <laughs> to take care of ours? Well, George Allen says it'll bring 9 to $11 million into the city. you got to look to see who George Allen is. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, uh, who he represents, mostly. All right. You're, uh, you're, you're speaking of the minority, right? Well, yes. That's another thing you shy away from. Uh, if they was to... Well, you really got me in a category. I don't. Go ahead. Uh, what, about the minorities? Yeah. Well, the more minorities always seem to flock to, uh, say, an inner city, and then there's city blight. Uh... Um, it goes so far back, I don't... Honestly, I don't remember uh, exactly... It would be from grade school or high school, somewhere around the, it's not extremely high, it's like 125, 124, something like that. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you very much. You held on all that time for that. That's right. <laughs> What's your IQ? Uh, 115. Oh. Yeah. Well, boo on you. Uh, okay. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah. That would be interesting to take an IQ test again. It's been so long. Is it supposed to change? It's not supposed to, is it? Maybe we can get an IQ test to take a lie detector test. WFAA at Bush, good morning. Yes, I have a suggestion uh, for calling uh, Nicosina. Uh, Nicosia in Cyprus? Yes. Yeah. Uh, call New York and then ask for London or Paris operating and see if you can get through there. There is a thought. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. You're like, call New York and ask for a London operator. They'll say what for, right? I'll say I want to call Cyprus. Want to try? Is that worth a try? Okay, I'll try that. See if we can get a London operator. May I help you? Yes, ma'am. I'd like a, a London, England operator, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. By the way, this is WFAA Radio, and we're on the air together. Really? Yeah. You ever hear the Ed Bush talk show? Yeah. Overseas. Oh. Uh, yes, uh, could I have a London operator, please? Uh, may I help you, sir? Yeah, I'd like a London operator to try and place a call to Cyprus for me. Well, I can't do that, sir. Oh, you don't do it that way. No, I connect you with the uh, operator that handles the uh, Cyprus calls. And she'll say they don't, they're not accepting any calls from America. I can't get that, sir. We don't connect you with another country. Huh. Okay, thank you. Mm. And bye-bye. I'll see. No way to get around that. 263-4905, Ed Bush, hello. Yes, if you give me the number, please. I'm sorry, ma'am? 
Did you give me the number? I didn't turn my radio back on, or oh. could you give me over the phone? Did I give you a number? Yes, uh, about the man that has these boards that we... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. No, I didn't. I was a bad guy, and I'll do that this very second. If I can find in my rubble here, here it is. Okay, you got a pencil and paper? Yes, I have. Okay, it's post office box. Here, old box. 10202. 10202. In Fort Worth. Fort Worth. And the zip is 76114. 76114. And I apologize. I'm sorry. I had said I'd do it earlier, and I didn't. Well, that's okay. I'm here in Fort Worth myself. I know the number, but I, I still now. His name was what? Jim what? Well, his name was Jimmy Scribner. But I don't have to have that. No, just Solarama. Well, how do you spell that? Solarama. S-O-L. S-O-L. A-R-A. A-R-A. M-A. M-A. That's it. Solarama. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got our flying saucer call. I forgot to do that. 742-5700, Ed Bush on an open line show. Hello. Hello, Ed Bush. Uh, I was trying to reference to the UFO that was at BFW uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a projectionist for the drive-in movie. All right. I was out there that night. You mean you weren't watching the kids necking? Uh, no. But there's a lot of stir, you know, and that thing uh, was out there. Yeah. And, of course, I didn't see it. But in the projection room, we use a lot of DC current with a DC generator. Right, for the uh, projection lamp? Right. And uh, those lamps, uh, you know, they says they're about 40 minutes. And my lamp carbon's burned exceedingly fast huh. for a period of time. So I adjusted my generator. Yeah. Then they uh, started burning too slow. Had to adjust them again. And then about 40 minutes later or so, right about the intermission time, the thing had to be adjusted again because of the surges. Huh. Uh, and uh, normally you set the thing up and you don't touch it for years, you know. Yeah, and it changed three times in one night. Right, and uh, what the, the, the guy that saw the uh, beautiful women, yeah. I was referring to uh, his uh, surges in the electrical plant. Yeah, well actually he said they lost 500 kilowatts of power. Right, well, I lost power and had to turn mine up, and then after everything settled down, I had to turn it back down. Yeah, I think of all the things he said, that really was the only believable part about the power uh, source. Right. Hmm. There is some correlation there with what other people say about the uh, UFO. Yeah. You've never seen one, though. No, but the people there at the driving were just going crazy, you know, because, of course, they were out there in the open. Yeah, they could see it. And uh, I have noticed, I've worked in several of the drive-ins, when these things happen, yeah. maybe I wasn't there, but the people that work there talk about seeing them. Like maybe there's some kind of attraction, you know, to the big screen or something. Huh. Yeah, maybe they're trying to get a free look. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know the old story about sneaking the kids in the trunk? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they just hover overhead. Right. You, you see a lot of necking going on at drive-ins? Ah, they're very interesting places to work, especially in the winter. Why is that? Well, because, like, you know, in the last movie, there's only two cars out there. Yeah. And uh, you can't see any heads at all, you know. But uh, there you are, freezing to death in the projection booth, waiting for everybody to go home. <laughs> Not watching the movie anyway. At the last movie, if uh, if everyone's gone, can you just turn it off? Right, if there's no cars out there, you know. Huh, does that ever happen? Oh, yeah. You, you love for that to happen? The ice storms last winter. Yeah. You know, uh, we wouldn't have anybody come all night. And uh, we run to intermission, and then we go home, you know, if nobody shows up. Huh. 
course, it depends upon the arrangement with the theater management, you know. Yeah. Like, they can require us to run all night, but there's anybody out there or not. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it'd be really interesting. Do they, they have guys walk around with flashlights at all? Uh, at the drive-in? Yeah. Not anymore. You oh. very rarely find that. One of, the, one of the great American pastimes is gone. Right. But, you know, I've seen them come piling out of the trunk and <laughs> all, all the different things, yeah. Yeah, that still goes on, though. Yeah, the screaming kids and all that. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Okay, thank you. Okay. Yeah, we're right. Well, that would be interesting for a while, I suppose. 742-5700, Ed Bush on an open line show. Hello. I have a little suggestion for you. I'm more than willing to hear it, sir. All right, you are going to have Dr. Donald Curtis on. Right. He has uh, there in Dallas a number that you call, and he has a dial of meditation. Dial of meditation? What is that about? Well, it takes about two minutes. Why don't you try? Well, I'd really like to know what it's about first. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what it is. It's, uh, it's a uh, little thing that he does that uh, helps relieve tension. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, what's the number? All right, 239-0607. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a try. All right, sir. Thank you. All right. Dial of meditation. It's supposed to help relax you. Realize we'll put the whole audience to sleep if it works. Let's see what we get. Well, you know, what that actually does for me is uh, makes me a little uh, tense in all that noise. Hmm. Okay. 263-4905. Ed Bush, hello there. Ed? Yep. I have a couple of comments and uh, a suggestion for a show. All right. The suggestion first is uh, John Tolan, who wrote a book called The Rising Sun. Yeah. Which is about the uh, fall of the Japanese Empire during World War II. Right. And the comments, uh, first of all, is on uh, the DPS in Texas uh, sending out these intelligence reports. Right. I uh, kind of find that to be uh, reminiscent of something like the Gestapo of the KGB. Yeah, Big Brother. Yeah, and it just it sort of bugs me the fact that they can do that. Well, apparently there's going to be a commission set up to examine just what the DPS can do and see if that falls within their their realm. So maybe they're not supposed to do it. We don't know. Yeah. There's certainly, uh, apparently, a number of people they've investigated have not been what you'd call your threat to the government. Yeah. Even then, is it is it really necessary that uh, uh, these organizations uh, investigate or send out intelligence reports? Uh, I can't answer that. That's a that's a real that's a real tough question to answer. I don't know if it needs to be done or not. And the second thing is, if we're going to check inflation, why don't we start with the utilities? <laughs> you got your bill, too, huh? Well, I don't live in Dallas, but I know I know every time you turn around, if it's not the telephone company, it's the, it's the gas company, or it's, it's 
the water department are... Hey, water's the greatest bargain in town, let me tell you. Yeah, but the thing that bugs me is that uh, all year round you keep hearing of these people. Yeah. Whether it's Lone Star Gas yeah. or uh, the telephone coming coming back to the, to the, um, the city council, not just in Dallas, but Fort Worth, Arlington, all around, and keep you know, asking for raises, and I'm not so sure that's necessary in the first place. In the second place, uh, it just seems like there's no way to protest it. I mean, I mean, if you decide not to pay your bill, you're you're cut off. Sure. Yeah, I, there's no answer to it. Uh, they say their costs uh, are growing and growing. They go before the uh, the city council, and I guess no one can uh, can deny their costs are going up. I don't know how it'll ever be stopped. There's the proposal now of a state utility board. Well, but I can't believe any of those things is going to hold it down very long because they, you know, let's say DPL has been greedy and they're really getting a bigger chunk than they should. Uh, further down the road, uh, they would they would have to approve a, a raise because obviously labor's costing them more, parts are costing them more, uh, right of ways are costing them more. You know, it's it's the whole thing's got to build again and again. Yeah, but it's it just, you know, it just doesn't do much for me when they decide, you know, they want to do it, and I can't do anything about it. I can't go to another company. Right. Yeah, those great old monopolies. And, and tell them that I want uh, cheaper gas, or, or pay for cheaper gas, yeah. unless they cut it off. And that sort of, you know, bugs me. Well, I don't, unless they find another power source, I don't see is that picture changing very soon. Thank you. Uh, 12.35, Ed Bush on WFAA and an open line program. Back to the phones right after this. Damn it. Uh, was that for real or was it a poison? What, you mean did I really concentrate? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's what I want to know. Okay. Yeah, that's where I was concentrating for five seconds on something and seeing if someone else could receive the message. We had... Keep going. Yes. Well, in my opinion, it's stupid, juvenile, and nauseating. Why is that? Because I think it's just a dirty trick. I guess it's because I don't believe in the legislation of morals in the first place, but I think our city could employ our civil servants in a much more useful manner. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you, because I think I could live with the... Uh, controlled legalized prostitution but i also think it's uh, it's about time that they look at the other side they've been you know beating these girls up and uh, uh well i don't want to accuse the police department of, of going that far maybe but they've been giving these girls a hard time and uh, it's about time they looked at the uh, source of their revenue which is the johns their clients well you have a point there but i don't think that this is going to help that in any way, I don't see. Uh, you know, there's an old story that you can't entrap someone, you can't entice them to commit a crime and then arrest them for that crime. And I really wonder, although I guess it's a misdemeanor, the guy that was caught, uh, I think, got a $50 fine. Uh, I bet you if that went to the Supreme Court, that would be overturned. Because it seems to me by her walking the streets in the same mode as the girls who do it for a living, that uh, it's entrapment. Mm-hmm. That, that's from a non-lawyer's point of view. Well, I just wanted to make the comment because that's just how I feel about it. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, bye-bye. 742-5700 in Dallas, 263-4905 in Fort Worth. Ed Bush, hello. Yes, I wanted to uh, make a suggestion for a show. All right. Uh, I wanted to see if uh, possibly uh, Mr. Bush could talk.
Tarana Barrett, the gossip columnist in Hollywood. Tarona Barrett? Right. Um, gee, you know, I've tried to get her on a couple of times. Uh, the time I was trying, she got married. Oh, I see. Uh, I didn't know, first off, that many people around here were aware of her, because she's a, a big television star back east, mm -hmm. and, but she's not seen locally here. Well, I, I heard more about her with the Johnny Carson show, you know, the thing they had going there for a while. Yeah, oh, I guess that's true, then. There are other ways of hearing about her. Yeah, I suppose I could uh, put her down on the list again. We probably could get her. Uh-huh, I think that'd be interesting. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. WFAA and Bush on an open line show. Hello? Yes, two things. Uh... Yeah. Whatever happened to the fella that uh, said he was predict uh, making the weather, freak weather over Texas? You never heard the lie detector test we gave him? Yeah, after that, I haven't heard anything from him since. That's right. He, uh, <laughs> Although he sent me a telegram about a week ago saying that he had predicted Nixon would resign about three years ago, which, come to think of it, he did. He talked about that. Uh, but that's it. He told me when he left after the night we gave him, Ted Owens, the... Uh, the lie detector test that he'd never set foot in Texas again, and I'd never hear from him again. Oh, great. And, uh... You like that, eh? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, one night I called you and gave you some information on, uh, on the prison guards in Washington that saw the UFOs. Did you ever get a hold of either one of those? No, I did not, and you're right, I failed in that. I, I somehow thought it wasn't too sensational, though, for some reason. I apologize. All right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. 742-5700, Ed Bush, hello. Yeah. Uh, just through the sponsors, uh, could you possibly, uh, say, like, call London to get a hold of a broadcasting company there? Well, uh, then they'd have to put me through their switchboard, whereupon they would be charged with a call, and oh. I can't... Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I can't imagine they'd be willing to give a stranger... Oh, no, they wouldn't. ...a free ride, yeah. Oh, well, okay, thank you, bye. All right, thank you. WFAA and Bush, good morning. Yes, sir, I'd like to ask the man who called in some time ago making remarks that uh, if you put them to work, speaking of the Negroes who are living, who are in Dallas, or who are living in the inner cities, who are moving to the inner cities, uh, he made a remark, if you put them to work. Yeah. Well, my remark um, is I wonder if that man knows how many Negroes do want to work, but are not given jobs. How many Negroes who are fully capable of working but are not given jobs because they're black? He seems to feel that every Negro is waiting in line to get on welfare. Mm -hmm. He also feels that uh, if you bought 10 jobs to a Negro on 10 silver platters, the Negro would refuse the jobs and the platters. <laughs> Man is so wrong. Yeah. And he's, he made a remark about the Negro moving to the inner city. They're moving to the inner cities because of this, for the same reason that the whites are moving to the inner cities. And as far as the whites are rushing out, nobody tells the white man to sell his property to the Negro. And the Negro must have a place to live. Mm -hmm. So I wish you folks would understand that we're looking for work. We want work. We don't want this welfare that you folks think that we are waiting around for. And we also, speaking of welfare, the Negro on welfare, do you realize that... There are, there are more whites on welfare than blacks. And also, if you cut, the, cut off the welfare, look at the uh, whites who have those plush positions at the top of the line who would not have jobs. Mm -hmm. look, at the, look at the number of jobs that whites are holding because of the welfare. I miss with your mind. 
have to understand that she's working the areas apparently that uh, known prostitutes frequent. She must, I mean, you know, my wife has walked down the street and to my knowledge she's never been asked, uh, which may be a commentary on her swinging, as you say. Yeah. Uh, maybe a comment on that, but she's never been asked uh, to, uh, you know, do it, as they say in high school, for money. I mean, if this girl is getting so many offers, she must be doing something that makes her seem like a prostitute. Well, yes, sir, you say these uh, areas, but these areas are infiltrated by uh, possibly young ladies from different areas coming in there where the men are. Yeah. And also, uh, I can possibly cite you three cases of where young ladies were walking in this area who were in here on a uh, kind of a convention tour. Yeah. And they were propositioned by men from Dallas. Yeah, I can believe it, sure. And uh, these, uh, of course, it completely shocked them, and they did report it to the police department, to my knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, you well, have to look at it this way. You've got certain people uh, who uh, think the, uh, you know, certain freaks on the road that think the easy way out to get rid of somebody is through a prostitute, and nobody will ever think twice about it. Yeah. Well, do, do you agree that uh, w uh, with this action of using a girl as a decoy prostitute? Yes, sir, I do. I believe it will cause a drop in the prostitution, which is the uh, oldest crime in the United States, the oldest profession also, and the mm -hmm. second oldest is a police officer. <laughs> And uh, it's, uh, I believe it'll cause a drop, a significant drop. Yeah. If a man's not sure the young lady he's propositioning is a prostitute or is a police officer, he's not going to ask. I agree. All right, sir. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Unfortunately, though, that really doesn't get a call girl problem. The, uh, you know, the old story, if you got money, you can get whatever you want. And uh, there'd be no way walking the street to penetrate the, uh, the call girl operations in town. 742-5700, Ed Bush on an open line show. Good morning. Okay, are you, are you ready for me? I'm ready for you right now. Do it. <laughs> I want to talk about that prostitute thing. I heard one of the fellows from the last squad on another talk show. Yeah. And one of the reasons that they're doing this is because so many of these girls pick these guys up. And then they... uh, sheriff's departments, local police are on the lookout for this car. But uh, if you do see the car, a 1972 white Dodge station wagon, Alabama license number 142015, called Birmingham, Alabama Collection, the Shelby County Sheriff's Department, and the uh, area code 205, the number is 669-2151, or if you forget the telephone number, just call the Shelby County Sheriff's Department in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. We're doing our best to uh, locate the uh, mother and, of course, the daughter on our show this morning. So help us out. Be on the lookout for this car. I want to thank William Marie for her help tonight. We thank you very much, darling. Appreciate you. We'll be back uh, the good Lord tomorrow morning willing at uh, 11 o'clock tonight. Right? We hope you folks will be back with us. And before we go,
Well, they don't have time to play uh, Clinkin' to the saving hand this morning. But uh, we're going to start off with a song that I think is one of the prettiest songs I've ever heard. And this is Reverend Noah's choir from uh, Oak Cliff in Dallas. A song called No Never Alone. Bill Nash saying bye-bye. God bless you. We'll see you at 11 o'clock tonight. Have a nice day, everybody. Let me try to figure out exactly how to explain it all. Mm -hmm. Well, to um, get my horses. Bring your horses back? Uh, they're on their way. Oh. They're on their way. They'll be here uh, probably next week sometime. Oh. But that was uh, lined up a guy to bring them in for some reasonable price. Remember what I told you they wanted to bring two horses? Yeah. To Texas? They wanted something like $1,200. What did you have to pay? I wound up paying about 200 <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good... They're coming down by a banana boat, friends. <laughs> not, not easy tell me, to find. Tell me about your horses. What do you have? I have, uh, well, right now I have an Arab mare. Huh? An Arab mare. Arab? Maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's got a cold fireside. Mm -hmm. Little four-month-old. Mm -hmm. uh, cold from uh, Prince Ray Count. Anybody who's into uh, Arabian horse breeding knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That was the sire. And uh, we're calling him Prince No Count because <laughs> it seemed to fit. He doesn't really have. Uh, he's beautiful though. Yeah, wonderful. Hadn't seen him in a long time, and of course she was in foal when I left. And now we got a little horse. Oh boy. Yeah. And uh, that's about the size of it. I had to sell the gelding because I couldn't afford to do all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Other than that, everything. That's the biggest news. I'm yes. looking. I'm looking now for a pasture. Well. No, this talk, I'll talk it up for you. Maybe we find you a pasture. Oh, if you can find me a pasture. Yeah. As long as it isn't out there in West Texas. Yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> I heard you uh, describing it from the air this morning. It sounds so vast and large. You know, a few people realize, really, how even home, home folks here don't realize what a big state this is. I can tell you how big it is. I'm one, I'm one of the few people who can really tell you how big Texas is. When you drive home from someplace else, I didn't drive this trip, but I did on a prior trip. You drive into Texas from somewhere else in the whole world, and as you're heading into town, now in any other state, if you live in any other state... Hope I'm not getting allergic to my own son. Ron, you were angry that I sent you into Rich, weren't you? Oh, of course not, honey. Don't tell me you're going to get serious about Jerry's theory. Well, Johnny, it's just that you sneezed right after I asked you to do something you didn't want to do. Oh, now, come on. Since when don't I want to give Rich a drink of water? And then you, you sneezed when I played a club and lost the bridge game. You are angry with me.